Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out what it's really like. In every episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. So let's get into this episode, looking at life at Hobridge School. So today I am joined by Kimia Lachmore. Welcome to our Hobridge recording. And just tell me a little bit about yourself. I think you're a pupil, aren't you, at Hobridge School? Which year are you in and are you missing any lessons to join me today? Yes, I'm actually missing drama and I'm in year seven. Okay, brilliant. Now, I'm very excited to hear that you've just come back from filming the new series of Mallory Towers. What was it like being on set and how long were you away from school and home? Well, there was actually breaks between filming, but it was really lovely on set. I enjoyed it so much. I had so many great laughs and I had such a great time. I missed around three months of school. Okay, and so what happens when you miss school? What what takes place and how do you actually make sure that you're kind of keeping up with your studies? There was this sort of computer, like sending sort of thing. I don't know what to call it. It was a OneDrive where they'd send me work that they were going to do in the lesson or they had done in the lesson in which I would receive and then complete with my tutor. Oh, right. So was it was it a bit like remote learning at times? Some of the stuff that you've had to get used to sort of in the previous years before that, was it very different? Well, from school, it was very different because obviously there's not a, a teacher just in front of you completely explaining it. It was really just you had to sort of infer the work, but they would obviously give you some guidance. But the tutor was really helpful, though, because... She had inspected blood, you know, she she was a forensic scientist. So when it came to chemistry and maths, she was really helpful. And in just all subjects in general. Oh, my goodness. Well, that sounds like you had a, an incredible experience. So it would be lovely, Kimia, to hear about how did you get involved in Mallory Towers and the first what, what was sort of the lead up to that? Do you want to tell me that story? Right. Let's think back around two years ago. I was nine years old. So, of course, nine-year-old Kimia thinks... Wow, I really want to be an actress. I seem to really like it. So I go to this dance school, which has been here for 100 years. So it's been taking students for 100 years. Benedict Cumberbatch actually went there. So I go and I do the acting class and some dance classes as well. I think it was hip hop and ballet. And I keep going there because I really like it. And one day my parents receive an email saying, we would like your daughter to have a little audition for our agency. So I go to the audition and when we get to the singing part, I actually ended up crying because I was embarrassed. But either way, a few weeks later, I get a response saying, okay, you got it, you now have an agent. And then a few months afterwards, I got an audition for an ad. I got the ad, so I did it. And then a few more months after that, I get another audition for something named Midwich Cuckoos on Sky. It was a horror, so I was like, wow, horror, that's going to be fun. And I got the audition for that, and I loved it. It was so fun to just be this scary child who's, like, literally going around killing people. And then I think it was around a year after, not even a year, like a few months after, and, like, my agent was like, would you like to try out Mallory Towers? And I was super excited, so I was like, well, yeah, I love it. And I started watching the series more to get an understanding of how the characters should act, because obviously, because it's based in the 1940s, the characters do not speak the way I speak nowadays. You had to create this accent. And I did the audition, and I got that. 
Now, it was really fun because the character I play is Connie and she's a twin. But she's also, on the outside, she's very, like, pushy, bossy. She, like, basically takes over her twin's life, preventing her from doing anything without her. Until one day her twin obviously gets annoyed and starts playing these mean, vile tricks on her. Oh, okay. So this sounds like something you had to do. I mean, for somebody listening, Kimmy, they might think, oh, wow. So if I just set myself, set my sights, took some lessons, acting lessons, I can get an agent. You make it sound like it was quite easy and stuff like that. And I know <laughs> it's because you're very talented. So I'm not going to diminish that. But how does it sort of happen? You know, that experience for you and the other people that you're with, is that quite a normal experience or have you heard of different types of stories? Well, I think it's different for everyone because some actors, someone will just look at them and they'll see like talent and they'll go, oh, do you want to be in my agency? And then that person says, yes, bam, agency. For other people, it just takes time because sometimes they may not be as recognised until they get this role and they suddenly burst. Like a lot of actors, let's take Robert Downey Jr, for example, he was put in prison for years and then he finally got one chance to just audition for Iron Man and look at him now, he's one of the most famous actors in the world, most highly paid as well. And I think for me personally, I don't know. I had been there for like a year and then I was offered something because I guess I'm not too sure, really. Well, I'm sure you're being very humble about yourself. And I'm sure, obviously, your agent saw something in you, which is obviously paid off because here you are in Mallory Towers and you've done so well. Now, had you read the books beforehand? Well. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to take a deep breath. So the, uh, the answer is, oh, so maybe not an Enid Blyton fan? <laughs> I had read one book, just one. Because I had seen it and I was like, wow, that looks nice. I read it and I was like, wow, that's really nice. But then I could never find any other of the books. So I just completely forgot about them, never read them again. So that wasn't your experience when you were going to Hobridge. You didn't think, oh, I wonder if this school's going to be like Mallory Towers or something like that. No, but I must say... When I was offered this, I was like, right, let's go. And I started hunting for the books and I started hunting for the series because I really, I really, really wanted to understand how that character was. I really wanted to truly be Connie. This like, this sort of character who was just, I really wanted to be her and step into her shoes. Yeah, why is that? What Kimia, what was it about her character? Because you've you know, you've talked about and I think it's quite a complex relationship, isn't it, twins? And you've touched on a few of those ideas. What was it about her that you thought, Oh, I really want to be able to play her, I want to be her? It was sort of her role because we were given a practice script, just one script to see how we would act, you know? And the way the way she has emotional depth. Like, you think she's a really easy character because all she does is shout, be loud, not let her twin do anything, be annoying, be un just sort of unkind, be brash and brazen. But then you read, like, one of the last scenes where she's crying because she realises her sister did all these horrible things to her and how she accused someone else of doing these things and how now she truly looks so... She thinks herself stupid as well, you know, because she's not as smart as her sister. She's, she doesn't get better grades or anything. And everyone else is sort of like, oh, Connie, you need to get better at your work. So she's crying and she's realising all these things. She feels helpless. There's nothing she can do. 
She thinks her sister's going to be expelled, which is worse because she loves her sister. And then she realises she's going to have to apologise to everyone after saying that she would never apologise. Wow, gosh. And that, you know, even that, just the sort of talking about the emotion, what it's like to feel like that and forgiveness. It's such a huge, you know, for human relationships to discuss. So what was the actress or the actor like playing your twin sister? How did you build up that relationship so that you could act out that character? When we auditioned in live to see yeah. if to see if we could actually just cry on command and all that, mm-hmm. and just to see the chemistry read. Oh yeah, it's when you go in with a bunch of girls you don't know them. Like none of us knew each other, no one, nada, and you go into the room, and they say, "All right, we're going to ask you to improvise," and you just and you have to improvise, be that character with these random girls you've never even met, and you just have to go, um. Hi, my name is Connie. You must be your and hi Ruth, and you just give them a random hug, and they just go with it. They're like, "Oh, yeah, I love the school," and it's really funny to see how everyone instantly just knew the assignment. Like, all right, we will be friends right here, right now, because there was no going back. Only one chance. So instantly, I was just like, "Hi Ruth. Oh, this is going to be glorious, isn't it?" and we just give her a random hug, tug at her arm, anything that will just make it look like you actually know each other. Gosh, and how did you prepare for that? Had someone sort of said, look, this is what you need to do? Or was this for you? Have you had so many experiences, Camille, that you thought, I know what I need to do when I go in there? Because I'd only had one experience, I truly just had no idea what to expect because I know that sometimes you have to work with someone who you just don't get on with. But after the chemistry read and after I'd got the role, how I built that relationship so easily was that they were all just so kind. And we had this whole day where we read through the script, played, laughed, got Starbucks or something like that. And we were just so, we just clicked, you know, because they are lovely girls, truly lovely. Oh, well, it sounds really fun. And well, congratulations and well done for actually stepping in because that sounds very nerve wracking. I'm sure there are probably people listening thinking, gosh, if I had to do that and, you know, for thinking about you in year seven and this is actually going back two years when you were only nine years old. Wow, that's very impressive. So what was it actually like being away filming and what did your days look like? We've talked a little bit about having to do some work with your tutor. So it wasn't all just mucking around and being, you know, free. <laughs> yeah. Being away from home, I feel like, (laughs) no offense, mum and dad, I had so much fun, I sort of forgot sometimes, but we did have a time where we would have to call them and be like, how are you, are you okay? Have a little chat, you know, see if how everything's going. But my days, let's start. They'd wake us up, be like, morning, time to go. So that was around seven or 8.25, or if you were like really gonna come in late, one o'clock lunchtime, And we'd get up, brush our teeth, do everything really quickly because we were going to go through hair and makeup anyway. So just brush your hair and put it in a ponytail, you're done. And then you go up for breakfast, you eat really quickly and then you go back down, get dressed and then you come back up. And then we go into um, a van, a little bus where we all just drive down to set. When we got to set, we'd then instantly get into our costumes, get hair and makeup done and then... We'd, ha- we'd go through our little sides. Sides are mini scripts that you're given the day before to learn. Right, okay. They're many small parts of the script, so not the whole script, just small parts. You go through the sides really quickly before the scene, and then action. 
and then you'd go through the entire scene till you were done and then once the day was over they'd say action um no end of day end of day and then we'd all go home and just do whatever Gosh, it sounds quite a long day as well. And was it a little bit like being at Mallory Towers with sort of the fact that you were getting up in the morning and going off and doing these things together? Or was it very different to a school experience because of the way you had to perform and work? I, I also forgot to mention there was tutoring times in lunch oh, yes. and stuff. Okay, good. <laughs> so it wasn't just, it wasn't just, okay, filming and no more school. No, I feel like sometimes it did feel like the school experience because you were getting up early at a set time and you were having to learn things and you were going to go to your tutor to learn and then you were going to go to lunch. There was a lot of set times because they don't have a lot of time because the more they extend it, the more money will have to be paid. So obviously you really want to just get it in there, you know. And also you have to get an acceptance letter from the school saying that you actually can go filming. But I would say sometimes it really wasn't, a, it didn't feel like a school experience because on weekends we would like go out to like the CN Tower, Niagara Falls, or maybe we came in late so we just went to the shops to grab something before we went on set, you know, maybe some sweets. And in that sense, that's where it didn't feel like it was truly school. But when it came to waking up early, that felt like it was school. <laughs> okay well we won't ask any more about that particularly as in year seven you're you know adolescent probably thinking that mornings shouldn't exist anymore so yes you mentioned the cnn tower i didn't think that mallory towers was in canada but where did you film okay so i filmed in devon cornwall and canada oh wow okay so three different locations why what were they using what were the different sets or the different parts that were you why why devon cornwall and canada basically is my question so in devon we used the outside set which is at mallory towers is actually a building you can go visit it it's um it's called heartland abbey and we use that as like our school but we never went in there because it doesn't have the right structure nor classrooms that we that the set wanted. So we just used the outside for when we were playing lacrosse, which is a game where you have a stick and a ball, but it's not like hockey. You have to pick up the ball and you're allowed to run with it. We also used it when we were doing a scene where someone fell over in the mud or someone was running in the woods. And at some point there was a scene where I'm supposed to get cut by brambles because my sister has hidden my bag and net in a bramble. Oh. Problem is, is that my actual my actor twin actually yes. was the one who got stung by the rambles and not me oh, no. so how do they resolve that how do they change that what do they do then they just gave us some cream and it was hidden up but she was fine um then cornwall was used for the pool scenes where june which is another character she jumps into the pool and takes daryl felicity's sister into the pool with her and she just jumps into the pool and there's a big splash and daryl gets very angry of course. <laughs> and yeah. And now Canada. It's actually really like sort of freaky how the set is built. So there's a studio, just a massive studio. And then there's rooms. But the, but they're, they're like broken apart. Like there's a block room and they put the camera in there and it looks like a room. Then there's another room, block. And it was just sort of like it was like a map. You were mapping. It was like a labyrinth even. You were just walking around like does anyone know where the classroom is? 
and you were just walking around looking for it the the entire time. Did you feel a bit like a sort of young first day at school going, I don't know where I'm supposed to be, where's my new teacher? <laughs> In one of the scenes, I had to had been supposedly coming out of the toilet with my twin because we had just gone and there was just as we had taken a bowl of water to make it look as if we had washed our hands and we started just like dipping our hands in and rubbing it around and then just splashing it around when we came out saying oh do you want to go to the toilet just splashing and it was really funny because you think about it and it looks like you've actually come out the toilet but then you realize you're just in there with a random bowl of water on a chair dipping your hand in every few scenes and going as soon as you come out <laughs> so suddenly the mystery is taken away behind the scenes well okay so interesting to see how all the different locations and when they use it and you mentioned before as well Kimia, about um every day when you went on to set after your makeup and hair that you were given these little sort of short extracts from the scene for the day learning your lines how do you find learning lines is that a skill you've had to improve what have you done in order to be able to know your lines and be confident i have this memory where you can let me read a page of a book and i could at least give you the basis of what has been said so when it came to lines i found it quite simple which is good because my character had like these paragraphs where she was just rambling on about how she needs her twin to do this, that, this, that, whatever. And I found it quite simple. That's just me personally. And do you have any other tricks or could you recommend other tricks that other girls used on set to help them learn their lines? I think a trick was that you'd, you'd look at it for five minutes just to at least know what was actually going to be said. Then you'd say it from the best of your ability. You'd go over it. You'd read them again, say that one line five times over and over and over and over until it was literally so easy. Like, I went down to down to the beach, but I couldn't see anything. We'll go back together as soon as we can. To the point where it was stuck in your mind, where you could just say it on instant. And then we'd highlight it, put our scripts down, and we'd just say it the entire scene and we'd look at each other while saying the lines so we knew who we were talking to so it literally looked like this so one girl was sitting here one girl would be sitting here and we'd go we need to go down to the beach but we have school oh wait let's go over there no we have to go over here and you just look at them so you knew who you were talking to instead of just talking to open air. I was just going to say that's a good example of visual imprinting, isn't it? Our brain, our memory. We're very good if we help our memory with not just visually, but also sound as well. Anyway, so you're saying on the van there, Kimia? Then on the van ride there or bus ride, wherever we were in, in Canada, it was van. In Devon and Cornwall, it was bus. So... Then we just say them over and over again in the bus. And if one of us had a little hiccup where she suddenly forgot a random line, one of us who was related to that scene, who was actually in the scene, would just turn around and take her lines, say them back to her and she'd say them again. And then we'd start the scene again till everyone had not got, gotten anything wrong. Nothing. Amazing. And I think that is it, isn't it? Because it's about, you've got to be a professional. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter about your age. You've actually got to have the same characteristics that somebody who is on a set has to have. So what was it like after those three months coming back to school? I don't know. I sort of, I had been so used to this really fast paced life where there was barely any time to just like do one thing at a time apart from lunch that I, I, it was weird because I was so used to everything going whoa, 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 whoa. when I came back to school everything felt slower so lessons felt 
they were like extended because I've been so used to like my tutor saying she has 15 minutes to get her school in because we had an amount of time that we had to do for school like five hours per week so she'd be like get in get in get in and we'd all we'd all be like why what is 80 plus b2 i don't know and we'd all just be like writing down our things super quickly jotting them down taking pictures sending to our school it was just so quick i just wasn't used to everything being so slow and like drawed out are you adjusting now to the sort of the pace of life at school is it now sort of feeling more normal again yeah and i feel like when i go back i'll be like overwhelmed i'll be i'll be looking around like oh it's too quick because when i first got there it was really overwhelming because i'd never i'd never done a set where everything was so quick paced because midwich cuckoos i hadn't had to say much because i was a psychopath who never spoke What a change. I mean, goodness me, Kimia. I love that. Yes, I was going to ask about Midwich Cuckoos. And are you going to be filming another series of Mallory Towers in the future? I don't know. I, we get, I'm hoping to get a response by January in which they say, okay, Kimia, you're in. Or they say, sorry, you're not coming back for this season. Connie has been canned. Okay, well, we will look forward to it and we wish you best of luck there. So before we end, um, let's imagine one day at school, there's a group of year three pupils, maybe next year when you're year in eight, in year eight, and they told you they'd like to become an actor just like you. What do you think would be your top three tips to help them become a successful actor? That's actually kind of hard. What did I do? And what has everyone else around me done? I think the first tip I'm thinking of right now It's just, before you start acting, you need to be tough. Like, not Mm -hmm. buff with muscles. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. tough emotionally. Because you are going to get rejected a billion times. And maybe for the oddest reasons. Once, I didn't get the role because I was 0.5 centimetres too tall. That is hard, isn't it, to hear that? they sometimes tell you, Oh, we loved your performance. You're really excellent. But you're you're too young by two months because some roles I I go and they they give me feedback saying she was a she was amazing she really understood the role but she's too tall she's too young she's too old she's too her hair is too dark her eye color does not fit the role that's gonna come after her like the older version of her and um, there's so many reasons why they will just reject you for that and. You're just going to have to learn to live with it because if you crumble and like coil at every single time someone tells you no, you're really, you're going to not make it as an actor because your life will just, your mental health especially will just go, because it's hard sometimes to be told that you're not the right fit for something you really wanted. There was a role recently I wanted so badly and they told me no because of some reasons, you know? So, I mean, obviously, I think that's a really important one. And I know that one of the things that school talks about, isn't it, is about the idea of resilience, emotional resilience, and, you know, confidence, inner confidence. How do you deal that when you get these knockbacks, Camille? I think over the years, I've built this shell. So I, I think, I look back at the feedback and I think, okay, it's nothing to do with you. It's not to do with you. Like, you cannot change the fact that you have brown eyes instead of green you cannot change the fact that you are too tall you cannot shrink and you cannot change the fact that you are too old you cannot go down a year just and you just have to realize 
at some point you will find a role just fit for you that fits on like a nice glove and that's and sometimes it will take ages before you find that but sometimes you get this role and you'll think I am that character and then you'll get it and you'll be like yay okay so so keep it perspective taking the wins when you get them so what are your top what are your other top two tips my other top two tips you need to have emotional understanding what I mean by that is that you can't just go on saying my sister Layla died it was sad you have to actually think how is that character going to feel? Like, sometimes it may make you feel really sad to know how that character feels, but you have to step into that those shoes and think, okay, this character's sister has died and no one is helping her find out who did it. She doesn't have anyone. Her mother's gone crazy. Her father doesn't love her. Something like that. There, sometimes you do get dark roles as a child. And you have to think, and then you have to realise... How would you feel? You have to you have to take just someone... Sometimes you just have to take people out of your own life and think, how would you feel if that happened to them? And then you have to go back to the character. And that's when you really would find emotional connection. Sometimes it doesn't come instantly. Some roles I've been given, I had to connect to a character who was seven years old. And obviously, being older, I really found it difficult because there was a time where I loved unicorns and rainbows. But now I'm, if someone gave me a unicorn teddy, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear that, that that's something that you don't want. Well, we'll tell people your Christmas list is no unicorns this year. Thanks, Kimia. Okay, right. So great. So you've got a second one. So that sort of sense of empathy and emotional understanding to take on the role. And your third one before we say goodbye, what is it? Now, this one's the hardest. It's one that is actually... It may sound really mean at first, like you'll think, wow, well, that's mean. But you'll understand it if you ever do acting. You have to be ready for someone telling you you're not good. And you have to be ready to be bluntly told that you're doing it wrong. And you have to be able to take tips. Take Taking tips is like when the director says, can you do this differently? Instead of slopping off and being, like, or just being sulky and annoying and bratty, you have to take it. Even if he tells you, I hated the way you did that, can you do this now? Like, you will, sometimes you will really get angry because you're like, wow, that's a bit rude. But they're just trying to help you. And you have to also remember, the director is the painter. You are the paintbrush. You do what he says. You don't make up these little things. Of course, the more respectable of an actor you get, the more you can say, hey, I thought maybe this could be nice, but don't do it all the time because that's when the director would get angry, you know, because it's like, I'm trying to direct and you're giving me tips I don't want. Like, sometimes I'd do things and I'd be like, do you think it'd just be a general question because he said improvise and I'd be like, do you want, do you think I should maybe just drop something at her and snatch her racket because that how that was how connie was she'd take whatever she wanted she'd snatch she'd shout she'd give you attitude she didn't really care honestly and he'd go i'd really like you to snatch that racket and give her a sweet little smile going you know a little haha you know and at some point i had to drop a ball on her head i had to go and snatch her racket and say, me and Ruth like playing together. 
And then she was actually given the option to throw the ball back at me and then I hit it with my racket, which I eventually managed to do successfully, making her look silly, you know? And sometimes he'll love the little tips that you give them, or she, or whoever. And sometimes they'll be like, hmm, no. <laughs> yes, and I think that is such a good point. Thank you. Because effect, being able to take feedback is probably one of the things that as human beings we all need to do throughout our life. And the same is probably true at school, isn't it? You know, your teachers give you feedback about how you're doing, you know, help you to improve. Um, and being able to listen and not take it personally, but use it as an opportunity to get better is going to be one of the things that's going to stand everyone in great stead. Um, Kim, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you this morning. Um, we wish you all the best as well with next opportunity that are coming up also I hope you have a great day at school as well and you enjoy that I love I love the fact you describe the pace of life back at school as slower but great I mean I'm sure they'd love to hear that and thank you again and it's been really lovely to talk to you today thank you it's been really lovely to talk to you too I thoroughly enjoyed it that's it for this episode to find out more check out the school website hopebridgeschool.co.uk now, the next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.